Southern culture kind of gets demonized these days. Oh, it gets oh, they're taking everything it, down, and it's like they're replacing it with stuff for Black History Month, and you know, I, you know, any kind of thing like that. And I'm like, I'm fine with them having that. That's history, yeah. you know, too. But why do we have to eradicate? you know, the history that we also know. This is significant to me in terms of what you do, and that is you help preserve uh, not only a culture, but a history that's there. Because when you talk about Hoppin' John and corn fried cornbread and things like that this is this is stuff that in granny i mean this goes back generations right yes i mean this is stuff that's been passed down to you Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. Forgive my voice. Allergies, Texas allergies have settled in. I didn't know if I was getting a cold or whatever, but yeah, they settled in. And you know, apparently you have to exercise the muscles if you're going to sing songs publicly. Um, and you know, I haven't done any music shows since mid-December, and we did we did a couple of big ones Friday and Saturday night this weekend, and well, I exercised that muscle. And so here we are with some hoarseness in my voice. So I ask everybody out there listening, watching, pray for me. I got, I need this voice. I need it. It helps to pay the bills and things like that. Uh, I'm excited today, man. We're gonna we're gonna have a good show, and I want to remind you guys before we climb into it that we're doing the audio only podcasts that are released early, early, early Monday morning, and then again on Wednesday morning. There's no video for them, at least not yet. We'll see. I'm twisting their arm. We'll see what happens with that. But I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest, and so we're calling them to the point, and they're only 25 minutes long. We get right into the headlines. You get my take and uh, you walk away. I don't know that you're more educated or wiser, but you at least are entertained a little bit by it. So check them out, the to the point episodes. They're wherever you find the Chad Prather Show, wherever podcasts are offered. Please, while you're there, leave me a rating and review. Five stars is what I deserve, and I want a good review. I'm going to give a good review today. You guys know I'm a book guy. I'm always recommending books. But um, I am a collector, little known fact, Scheider, people don't know this, I'm a collector of cookbooks. I've got a ton of them. And uh, one of my favorite cookbook authors is a lady by the name of Stacy Lynn Harris. And she's got a new book coming out right here, Love Language of the South. I'm excited about this one. And uh, when I talked to Stacy, I told her, I said, I think you're the reason why my, why my weight consistently fluctuates about 15 pounds. It goes up and then it comes down. Then I read another Stacy Lynn Harris cookbook and it goes back up again. Uh, so I'm going to get on to her today. And she is my guest on the program, Stacy Lynn Harris. How are you, girl? I am so good. I am so glad to be here. Yes, this is going to be so much fun. You're one of my very We're going to have a good time. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, lo- yeah. You know. I say the same thing about you. I love it. You and I connected, I guess it's been five or six years ago on Matt and Kendall Hagee's uh, Mm -hmm. program over in San Antonio. One of those just kind of divine encounters when I ran ran into you and your daughter was there that day. And Mm -hmm. I think you and your husband, Scott, have like 900 kids at this point. Um, (laughs) It's just seven, but yes. It's like 900 (laughs) at times. Uh-huh. Do you do you ever do you ever confuse their names like when you start yelling for one of them and they, they oh, you just yeah. yeah you know I do it's and in the end we named all of our boys H names so it's like mm-hmm. whatever comes out it's just you know just you know and and I'll go through the list until I get it right so yeah yeah my I, my older brother Tommy. 
uh, when my mother was mad at us, he became a, a mixture of Chad and Tommy. He became Chami, and I became Tad. <laughs> so it was it was a mixture, and my mother still calls me every grandchild's name. She never gets my name right. So yes, you got yes. this new book out. I want to get into it in a minute. Uh, you've been the host of the Sporting Chef TV show. You've got, I think, what, six books now? This is your sixth cookbook that's um, come out? Something like that, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I, you know, yeah. I mean, it just depends on. I have a little, um, a little preserving one hundred and one book that I, I. It's a, it's, it's like a handbook. So yeah. um, you can count, you can count that though. Well, yeah. these are these are substantial books. I want to get into it in a minute because our, our audience is going to love this, and they're gonna they're gonna love you if they're not already familiar with you. But before we do that, while while I've got everybody on the hook here. Uh, you mentioned your sons all have H names, and I was on the phone with one of your sons yes. uh, just two weeks ago. Tell me, tell everybody what he's doing and, and what it is that he's doing that's making you real nervous these days. Oh my gosh, it is so hard for moms, but he's running for U.S. Congress, and so in um, there's a new district that opened up. They they decided to add an extra district to Alabama to make mm. it more fair, which I think is kind of unconstitutional, but I'm, I, I, you know, we'll, we could get into that if you want to, but anyway, but that's okay. Cause he is, it's open. And so there's no um, incumbent. So a lot mm. of people have been running for it. I think there's some people out of the race. Now there's maybe seven um, that have ended up, you know, still there. They had a debate, yeah. um, a televised debate uh, it hasn't aired yet, but, you know, anyway, I went to the supposedly live event um, last week and I got a migraine sitting there going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, but he did fine. He did excellent. And then he had a speech that night and just not knowing what he's going to say, um, I, you know, not again, not having control. And I didn't realize how much of a control person I actually am. <laughs> and um, I really, really like control and I do not have it anymore. So not just yeah. with him. I mean, you know, everybody's doing fine. It's just wow. Yeah. Um, you know, they're making. I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my I was talking to my twenty year old daughter today via text message, and and I was, you know, I every now and then I'll see one of my kids, one of their videos will pop up on one of their TikToks or something like that, and um, I can see it in their eyes. Something is wrong. You know, something's bothering them. So immediately mm-hmm. I said, "Listen." I want you to talk to me. You know, I'll get on a plane. I'll start driving right now. But imagine, imagine the frustration that my mother has of having to watch me do this oh. show, and she never knows what in the world is going to come out of my mouth. Yeah, so I, I can't even imagine. I could not be. I could not imagine being your mother. <laughs> no, no. I want to meet no. her. I think she's my new hero. Yeah. Let me tell you, she she's put up with a lot in her life, and she's she is something else. Well, you know, and your son Hampton uh, yeah. Harris. I mean, if you're in Alabama, if you if you're down in that southwest district of Alabama, he's the guy. I've spent some time with him on the phone, and just trust me, guys. If you're listening to this show and you're down there in Alabama, that part of Alabama, and that's your district, it's a new district. Vote for him because he's he's your guy. I promise you, I've fully vetted this guy, and uh, he's a great young man, and I'm proud of him, and, and he's got a big future and all this. Super sharp. All your kids are so sharp. You know, the, your daughter that I met the day in San Antonio reminds me so much of my 24-year-old. I mean, they, yeah. just, they looked alike. They acted alike. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. She's so, you ball. know. She, she got her MBA and the, um, Hampton's older brother, he's the second. He is a dentist. And then 
I have uh, two in engineering school, which you have yeah. one over there um, doing engineering at Auburn at the same school. They're going to have to meet. And yeah. um, and then another one that doesn't have a declared major yet. And then I'm homeschooling still one. So now you homeschooled all of your kids, right? I did. Yes. How? how? Now, first of all, let me back up because we homeschool too. And, and it's it, people think it's an impossible task. You know, here you are, and I'll paint a picture. You know, you you are successful. You are busy. Uh, you have all of these things going on on the creative side. You're you're gifted as a chef, and just all of these things that you've done: hosting television shows, writing, you know, these books. And why? What made you and Scott make the decision to say, "Yeah, we're not going to do the public school route. We're just we're just not going to go that direction." <laughs> well. Uh- Earlier, I said that I like control, and um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't think I could have survived without medication. Um, I don't <laughs> think I could have survived my kids being in the public education system, and and I hate it. I don't know if I should say that. You can say I know it. a lot. Of I hate it. Education majors, and and sure. I was like, I I, I just was like, you know, I, I think we got this. So, um, and you know, my first one went to kindergarten. He, that was the only schooling that any of my children had. So he went to pre-K four year old and, and and it it seemed like, um, uh, he had the best little teacher. She was great, but it just wasn't for a little four year old boy to sit still like that all day long. I don't think it's a natural, um, I don't think it's natural. And so, you know, just looking at nature, looking at personality, looking at um, the ability for them to absorb so much and learn so much and work with their hands, it it just doesn't have a place. I don't think kids have a place, in my opinion, to sit still for eight hours a day. Um, Yeah, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. It it really kind of robs that energy. Um, I've always said, you give me a kid that's climbing the walls, uh, I'd much rather take that kid over the kid that's sitting over there eating glue, right? Because I I want I can change the world with the with the wall climber. I can change I can I can harness that energy. And I feel like the school system, among other things that they do and get wrong, is they they steal that energy. You know, we were the same way. We started with the kindergarten thing and we just said, nah, this is not a route for us. And when you say that, I and I and I'll help you here because I know what you mean when you say I shouldn't say hate. We love educators. We love teachers. We love people who want yeah, to mold absolutely. young minds. Mm-hmm. We love the teachers. But but I get it because it's a system that's even set up to make the teachers, um, it, it binds their hands, too, in a big yeah. way. The system does. And so, uh, and now you've got the craziest curriculum being handed down. I mean, I always call it, you know, brainwashing Marxism that, yes. you know, you, you, they're, they're creating these automatons and they don't think critically anymore. And I've met your kids. I've talked to, you know, your kids. I, like, these are critical thinkers. These are kids who know they've got it going on. Uh, and so there's something to be said for that. Yeah, there is. And the education of today in the, in our classrooms is what's going to be the government of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And whatever that they're feeding our children um, <laughs> is going to be what the next generation is going to be like. Um, yeah. Unless we get some people that can think and truly want, want um, really godliness for our nation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in, in my, you know, in my opinion, because I don't think that a Republic can be run um, unless it's run 
in in a godly way. I mean, I don't think it was set up to be run run in any other way. I don't think you can have um, socialists cannot run a republic. It just doesn't it doesn't work. You know, and I know I know that faith plays a big part of of who you are, what your how you you know how your family operates, and you're grounded in that way. Um, and you look at the country, you look at the state that we're in, and how much emphasis is being placed on politics. I mean, yeah, they're important. I understand that, and politics runs downstream from culture. You know, but our culture has become so godless and so, Mm -hmm. you know, so lacking in terms of foundation. I I agree with you on that. How, 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 if if you found a way, I always ask this question, and I mean, we're all humans. I don't know that anybody really has the answer. But, but what's the balance? I mean, do you think there is a balance between family and faith and culture and how we embrace it? Do we withdraw and get away from it, run and hide, or do we actively engage it? What do you think? My opinion on that is we need Christians everywhere. We need actors. We need, I mean, in every aspect, we need ballet dancers, musicians, um, uh, engineers, lawyers. We need all of it. We need to be everywhere. We cannot take back our nation by sitting idle in one spot and just not having anything to do with anybody else. I don't think that that's um, even uh, that is that's not making a change in any kind of positive way for the Lord. In my opinion, um, we've got to be out there and it, and we've got, we've got to raise strong kids to be able to withstand the pressures that come along with standing up for what you believe in. Yeah, I mean, we've got to engage, and it's really we've taken over a dominion mindset. I, I'm really tired of the run and hide mindset. You know, Jesus yeah. is going to come and take us out of here, and we're going to escape all of this. I don't think that's the plan. I think, you know, my opinion has been that I think we're supposed to rule and reign, right, Amen. and and be the ones who who dictate. Yeah. And and yeah. and I say dictate. That word's been that been has been. We we should be the ones who are determining the direction and the destiny that we're going right. um, instead of being controlled and, and as we said, brainwashed by the education system and uh, everything that we believe is under attack and, and the easiest target out there are people who would say that they are of the Christian faith. And that's okay. You can you can regularly mod- mock and really ridicule Christians and there's no ramifications for any of that stuff. Exactly. But you can't get away with anything else in doing, you know. No. So, you know, with your kids, you know, and have have they have they struggled through that any? I mean, because you guys, I mean, it's easy to it's easy to pick up a, a recipe book and this and you put so much of your life on these pages. It's amazing because this this is more than food. All of your books are way more than food. Uh, and it, and it, people look at that and they say, oh, well, psh, Scott and Stacey Harris have a great life. It's perfect. You know, everything's, they've never had any troubles, any trials, no tribulations whatsoever. I mean, how, how do you, how do you deal with that mindset out there of people thinking that? Well, to think that anybody that lives on this earth doesn't have any trouble is like that. That's crazy thinking to begin with. Um, yeah. And, you know, yeah, we've had plenty of, of stuff. And Scott, he owns his own business. And mm-hmm. then I own my own business. And so, you know, all of the trouble that comes along with that. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, the thing that I think we did different than I think a lot of people do, and, and maybe it was because we homeschooled, um, is 
I help Scott with his business when, you know, and, and now my son has gone in there and, and they're, they're working it together. But we had so much trouble, like hiring, firing. I did, you know, a lot of that. Um, the kids were all involved in it. Like we would talk about it at the table and talk about, um, you know, taxes and talk about everything that pertained to us as adults. We talked about it and made it interesting for the kids and tried to involve them in our decisions mm. and what would you do? How should we handle this? And made them think through how would they handle that kind of situation? And I think that it's prepared them for what, you know, what, what they've dealt with. In fact, one of my daughters, she's so funny. She said that um, her boyfriend, it, she's like, he just trusts everybody. And he goes, I, she was <laughs> like, I don't know what happened, but, but none of us trust anybody. <laughs> and so I don't know how good that was that we shared everything, but it was like, you know, there's not that many people you could trust out there. And, yeah. um, and our kids are real aware of that. And uh, I don't know how, if that was good or bad, but. I think it's fantastic. I, I mean, a healthy skepticism and a little bit of cynicism goes a long way. We're going to talk about food in a minute. I, I got to tell you, though, we've got – I got to do this. We're going to take a little quick break here. So take a deep breath, Stacey. Uh, I want to talk to you there because there's a special that's going on with our folks over at My Patriot Supply that uh, I want to tell you about. It's happening for the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, there's a point where your family, your future – your future, uh, you need to make sure it's protected, and um, you all deserve that protection. So I want everybody, everybody listening to the show, I want you to be assured with some self-reliance, and you can get that over at My Patriot Supply. They've helped millions of American families prepare for uncertain future. Many of them start with their four-week emergency food kits. You've heard me recommend it for years. Uh, 16 food and drink varieties, uh, no food boredom in that. And let me tell you, the food is delicious, 2,000 calories a day. So when things go bad, ice storms, snowstorms, tornadoes, power outages, anything, uh, the world goes crazy, zombie land happens, whatever. At least you can feed yourself and your family. And uh, those meals are sealed inside the, the durable packaging, which in the right storage can last up to 25 years. I want you to stock up on all your food kits uh, that your family needs. And every one of you, every member of your family needs a food kit. You can go to my special website, preparewithchad.com. And right now, each four-week food kit is uh, $60 off plus free shipping. It'll show up discreet. And anytime you place an order before 3 p.m., it'll ship out the same day. So uh, protect yourself, protect your family, protect your people. Go to preparewithchad.com. Stacy, you know... This is not this is not my Patriot Supply in this book, okay? Like this, this I, I this this was food that won't store for twenty five years. Uh, but this is this is my kind of food. I love that you called this love language of the South. Now, first of all, you're as country as they come. Uh, I think I think people hear, you know, people always say that I don't have as strong of a Georgia accent as I used to have, and I said, well, I didn't lose it; I just muted it, right? Okay. Because I talked so much and I was like, I'd hear myself recorded back. And I said, I don't like the way I would, I would drop my R's really bad. And I didn't like all that stuff. But when I get around, uh, my girlfriend was telling me yesterday, she said, she said, when he, when Chad gets around certain people, I don't even understand what he's saying anymore because the Southern <laughs> accent comes out. And of course the people online love to point out the fact that I was born in New Jersey and I was, but I didn't live there. And, uh, but grew up in Georgia and of course, you're in Alabama, and I love this—the love language of the South. The South holds 
Southern culture holds a deep place in my soul. You know, I went to the University of Georgia, went to school in Columbia, South Carolina, bounced around the Southeast a lot. I know it holds a deep place in yours. But, I, you know, when we were talking a second ago about how, how you know, the Harris household's never been through any troubles, I want to show them this picture right here in the front. Look at all this white privilege. Look, look, look at all of this. I mean, this is Stacy. Tell you about this. People have said they have that, like you know, if I do like a, a design thing, they will say, "Oh, you know, you're just showing off, blah blah blah." But let me just tell you that we built this house for thirty-two dollars yeah. a square foot. It's amazing because we put we we got stuff out of the bulletin board. You know, it's this thing that people sell stuff out of. We got brick from old plants. We 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 just scraped the stuff together, and we got rocks from our fireplace, from yeah. a like a a, um, a a river that anyway we got them from a river, and, and so Scott put them <laughs> all the floors in the house and about died doing it, and I was five I think I was pregnant with my fifth baby, and then I was coming out here with contractors, and I was like going no that won't work or whatever and. Oh my gosh, it was a nightmare. But anyway, but it's like, but we work hard. We work hard. And so, and yeah. we like beauty. And I think that that's yeah. all part of this godly road, you know? It's okay. You know, I've said forever, I've tried to tell people, and I was I was looking at my phone because I looked up your Instagram. I love your Instagram. I love following you on Facebook. Thank you. Because you post the most gorgeous pictures and uh, with all due respect to Scott, uh, you're part of those gorgeous pictures, um, and you you spruce up. Every now and then, he shows up. I get it. I get it. You like him. The kids are beautiful, but you post, and, and everybody needs to follow Stacy Lynn um, at uh, Stacy Lynn, and Lynn has one N for yes. those of you who are keeping count. Stacy Lynn Harris at Stacy Lynn Harris on Instagram. Um, you 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 want to follow? It's such it's it's aesthetically pleasing. But what I was going to say is what I've been telling people for years is is that God is all about beauty. He is, and, and beauty is all about balance. Yep. You know, balanced things are beautiful things. And so, and for a person with OCD like me, trust me, that's that's specifically uh, very very true. I need things to be in balance, or I get really frustrated. Uh, I don't necessarily like that. But when I look at the pictures that are in your books and in on your Instagram and on your social media, I, I look at these images. And like, here's you, I guess, with the veranda out back. We'll call it a southern veranda. Yeah. And uh, this southern oh. veranda, uh, <laughs> Stacey Lynn and the dog, the yeah. German short-haired pointer. <laughs> I, look, I, I look at this and I go, is this they they live in the most beautiful utopia on the planet? Uh, who knew that something this beautiful was out there in Alabama? But everything y'all's y'all's home, the the landscaping, everything it's beautiful. And so you you guys did a fantastic job on that. Well, thank now you. you call this love language of the South. What 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 does that mean to you? Love language of the South. Well, and 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 most people know that, that with Southerners, everywhere you go, you have to have food. So you mm -hmm. go to church, you better be bringing some food. I mean, Sunday school has to have food. Uh, every, everything, everything has to have food. And so that's just the love language of the South is 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 food, and we we take care of each other through food. We show our love for each other through food, whether it's you know somebody has a death in the family 
or you have a graduation party or you just you know, show up to somebody's door because they invited you for dinner, for food, you bring some food. <laughs> so there's just yeah. food everywhere. It's just it's just the way that we are here. Yeah. It's it's funny. We I can remember we would go um I guess it was, you know, you'd have those months of the year. You have those months of the year that have a fifth Sunday in them, right? Yeah. And so it, yes. at church, you would have the fifth Sunday singing yes. at night, and then you would everybody would bring a covered dish, and everybody would, would eat. It was it was a great time of fellowship at the church. And I used to love that stuff because I used to love eating everybody's food, you know, growing yeah. up in Georgia. And you always had those little old ladies that people would say, you know, uh, she she – you always had the ladies you knew maybe didn't cook the stuff so good, or maybe it wasn't the cleanest house coming out of that. You know, we always told on them, said, "Well, okay, she, she, she we know that's whose potato salad that is over there." So you know, you might want to skip, yeah, you might want to skip around that a little bit. Um, and I'm being mean, but it, you know, I loved that because uh, food was the way to your soul. I. I Anybody that knows me well, anybody that travels with me, the guys in the band with me, my crew, uh, the people who know me well, they know certain things like, for instance, I have a very strong passion about grits. I love grits. Me too. Uh, me too. They're so good. My, my guitar player, Steve Helms, uh, he said, growing up, did y'all eat grits like every day? Because you love them. And I said, no, I, I didn't. I said, but I'm always on this search. I have this little diner about a mile from my house that I finally found some really good grits that I don't make. Now, if I'm making them, we're good. We're yes, good if I'm yes, making yes, them. Yes. But, you know, growing up, I would get up. If I spent the weekends with my grandparents because my grandmother was a Sunday school teacher, and my parents didn't go to Sunday school. Uh, my mother was a church pianist, so she was often practicing, working on things with the, with the choir and stuff and, and working on music. Uh, so they didn't go to Sunday school, but I wanted to go to Sunday school, so I went with my grandmother. So I'd stay with them on the weekends. And when I was there, you know, my grandfather, if he wanted fried fish for breakfast, he got fried fish. Yeah. If he wanted fried, if yeah, if he wanted fried quail, he got quail. I mean, yeah. whatever he wanted is what right. my grandmother cooked. And I mean, she went all out. And at her funeral, at my grandmother's funeral, she was known for her biscuits. And so I did an estimate. This has probably been. Gosh, we're going on we're going on a, a number of years now, but when I when I spoke at her funeral, I had done an estimate, and I think it was a pretty educated guess on how many biscuits she probably made in her entire life because everybody wanted her to bring the biscuits. Yes, uh, and so she brought them to functions, funerals, weddings, you name it. And so I my estimate my estimate was on the safe side, conservatively, she made at least a million biscuits in her life. That's and yeah. I mean, I was just counting the pans of how you, different yeah. times because it was so consistent. You sure. were kind of able yeah. to add up over the years. And so that's a lot of biscuits. And I was like, my, at Christmas time, my grandfather had a, a candy that he made. Actually, my grandmother made it. He just stood around and, and kind of oversaw it and took yeah. the credit for it. And people <laughs> every year would bring him back the candy tins because they wanted to get that again next year. They wanted oh, yeah. the oh, candy. My gosh. That's great. Fill this up for me, please. Yeah. yeah. And, see, I that's mean, what when I see when I see this this title, that's the kind of thing I think about. And that's what you're going to get because, like my um, I, I, I my grandmother's recipes, her favorite recipes are in here. My favorite recipes that she made, like um, homemade soup and 
fried cornbread, which is to die for. And it's only like four ingredients. Yeah. It's super easy to make and it's delicious. And then you've got fried chicken. And but there's also some healthy stuff, you know, for like in the farmer's market uh, section. I have a farmer's market section in there that, you know, it's got like a, um, a, a really delicious salad, you know, with the croutons that, you know, the garlicky croutons and all that. Just delicious um, things from what I grew up with within the, you know, from the farmer's market or you, um, I, I talk about meeting my husband and, and we would have eating contests and, you know, <laughs> anyway, barbecue chicken and, you know, the, all of the stuff that you would have for your holidays, um, from potlucks, you know, that you were just talking about kind of, um, or the fifth Sunday kind of foods, you've got your potlucks and, you know, so your stews and every kind of thing that you could ever want for, any occasion is in this book. And actually at the end yeah. of the book, I have a menu plan for um, just staying in with your family, just a, 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 a Valentine's dinner for two. I mean, you name it, it's in there and it's what we would do. Graduation celebrations, uh, stuff for um, weddings. I mean, it's all in there. So and yeah. how we do weddings, what, why we celebrate, are celebrations important? You know, those kinds of things. I mean, it's all in here. And I've got all kinds of stories about growing up here in the South. Some are funny, some are sad. Hey, guys, you know, for 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say the only one, trust me, they are the only one. And uh, Patriot Mobile has been a great supporter of this show, and I'm proud to continue partnering with them. You know, Patriot Mobile offers uh, dependable nationwide coverage, and they give you access to all three major networks, which means you're going to get the same dependable coverage that you're accustomed to without funding leftist causes. See, when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending a message. You're saying that you support free speech, religious liberty, uh, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, our first responder, and our military heroes. And they have a 100% US-based customer service team, which is gonna make switching so easy. You can keep your number, keep your phone, call them up. They'll help you upgrade with a brand new phone. Whatever you need, their team will help you find the best plan for your needs. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Chad. Uh, you call them on the phone if you want to, 972-PATRIOT, talk to them. And you get free activation when you use promo code CHAD. I spell it Chad. That's right. Join me. Make the switch today. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Chad. That's patriotmobile.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad. Call them up. 972 Patriot. Um, just Well, they're, they're great. I know you start off, you know, and we'll talk about this a little bit. You, you start off talking about how granny influenced you. Yes. And and then you know and then you toss some recipes in into the thing but really this is a story book. And, it is. It is. And I was talking to my friend, he's a historian in Alabama. Uh he's not southern, but he he got to the south as quick as he could, but he's a college professor and a and a historian. Southern historian. Let me be very specific. He focuses on on southern history. Uh yeah. Brian McClanahan. Brian McClanahan oh. is a is a professor there. He's a good friend. He's written a lot of books about the South. He's he's a very much an apologist for the South. He's very defensive of of the South, and having come from up north, uh, specifically Maryland, he's it's he's an interesting anomaly. But I was talking to him recently about how uh, Southern culture it it, it kind of gets demonized these days. Oh, it gets oh, they're taking everything it, down. I, yeah. I went to a school called Jeff Jeff Davis, and now mm -hmm. it's called something like. 
I don't even know, but but not Jeff Davis and Robert yeah. E. Lee and and all the monuments. They're gone. And it's like they're replacing it with, um, you know, stuff for Black History Month and, you know, I, you know, any kind of thing like that. And I'm like, I'm fine with them having that. That's history, yeah. you know, too. But why do we have to eradicate, you know, the history that we also know They're, that are both history? Both of them are there. Let's, yeah. you know, let's. And valuable, valuable. There's stories that need to be told and stories that need to be learned from. But but oftentimes uh, these things happen because these figures from particularly Southern history have been, the stories have been, you know, they've been told wrong or they've been revised in such a way that that history is not even correct. And again, we understand that the Union, the the Northern armies uh, won the Civil War, so therefore they got to tell the stories. Um, And so a lot of that revisionist history has happened. So that's another thing that I think is significant. And I don't know if you've thought about this. You probably have. This is significant to me in terms of what you do. And that is you help preserve yes. uh, uh, not only a culture, but a history that's yes. there. Because when you talk about uh, Hoppin' John and corn fried cornbread and things like that, this is this is stuff that, in Granny, I mean, this goes back generations, right? Yes. I mean, this is yes. stuff that's been passed down to you. How, how, did, how did you, how did you, well, I don't know, the simplest terms is how'd you start cooking? How, how did this become a passion for you? Well, I started baking because I like sweets. So that was the the first thing. But then just seeing my grandmother's, um, you know, how she cooked and and kind of lived off of the land and and all of that, I wanted to kind of repeat that. And my husband hunts. So that's really how I started cooking because he was making the food and, you know, that from his hunts and I just didn't love it. And so I wanted to try to make it better. And so, so I started learning how to make it and I pretty much for a month, I just cooked wild game, pretty much venison because I had to figure out how to, how to make this because he was going to hunt. I mean, it was like that. So that's kind of what started all of that. And then as time went on, we had gardens and then I learned more from my grandmother. And, you know, before she died, you know, I kind of had her recipes down. And then I decided, you know, it's time to write them and time to encourage Mm. people out there to cook for their families. This is a creative outlet, something that can be passed down through the generation. So it's, it's just a generational kind of thing. And we need to have passion for these things and passion to feed our families um, really good food. And yeah. and it's it, it does preserve history and and it and yeah. it keeps memory alive. And I think about my grandmother. I think about my dad. I mean, he's still alive, but I think about him being over there and eating certain things and, you know, just the stories that go along with the food, you know, in our lives. And, um, and, and people remember certain things like, like for me, my granny suit may not be the best in the world. I think it is. I really do. Deep down, I really believe it is. Um, <laughs> but then my kids are like, yeah, it's good. It's real good. And I'm like, no, I mean, it's, it's perfect. It's great, isn't it? And yeah. but it's partly because of, of her. I'm sure that I feel her presence when I'm making her soup and eating her soup. And I'm like, granny wouldn't have done it like this. And, you know, and she, she used a pressure cooker. And so it's like, I got a pressure cooker and I I just do all the same stuff. 
And you uh, know that yeah. that that's funny that you say that because you don't don't make me cry. My estrogen at fifty one, my estrogen levels are too high for this conversation. <laughs> I'll I'll start crying thinking about grandma's long. cooking. Yeah. So uh, you talking about that reminds me of so many things that my great grandmother made that is just kind of lost to history. I, nobody will ever know. Or nobody will ever do certain things the way she did them. And the same with my grandmother that I, you know, referenced yeah. earlier. Um, are, are you one of those people that, because uh, I know you have to do it. If you're doing a recipe book, a book with recipes, you have to put the measurements and things like that in there. Do you do that? I, like we were, CJ and I were cooking something the other night. And like, I, I know what a third a cup of water looks like. Yeah. I, I can put it. A, I know what it looks like. Yeah. Or a table. And, and I can do that. Salt. Yeah. Right. I know. And yeah. she's she's got the measuring cups out. And I'm like, why are you why are you doing this? Why are you? Yeah. And she's like, because I want to get it right. And I'm like, get it right. You know <laughs> when it's right. I never get out the stuff. But now for baking, yes, um, because yeah. it does need to be precise. But for regular food, yeah. I hardly ever do. Um, it, it's just, it, you, you, as you cook, it's just instinct. I think maybe if you're first starting out, then yes. Um, and people want the measurements and they, they're like, you know, where are the measurements? Where, where's my, where are my instructions? I mean, they really want it. So yeah. I, I give it to them, but, um, but it's kind of becomes instinctual. And to me, when I'm doing videos, I want people to see what I'm doing and I, I want them to feel it and not necessarily have to get out measuring tools because who's going to have time for that? You know, you come home from right. work and, it, and I'm going to get all of the measuring tools out and get all of the right equipment and wash about a hundred different dishes. And so nobody is actually going to, to, to do that. And, and, I'm, yeah, and I'm here wanting to encourage people to do it. So if I'm yeah. going to encourage that, I need to teach them how to do it without looking at a book, even though I want you to read my book. And yeah. um, and, and that's part of why I, I tell the stories and everything. And I want you to have some kind of idea about the recipe and the measurements. But then I want you to go in there and I want you to make your version of that. You know, yeah. um, I love that. And, and I'll tell you, um, you know, when every time I get a book uh, and, and I look at one of yours, you don't know this about me, but I won uh, a chili cook-off in Scottsboro, wow. Alabama, two two years in a row out of 48 entries, two years in a row up in Scottsboro, Alabama. I look won two years in a row. I don't have any ribbons or trophies, but I, I won, and I still think I make, I make a pretty good chili. So the first thing I do when I get this book is I look in the index and I say, okay, is there a chili in here? And you have one. I do. And I noticed that you put, I put, um, you put, I want to say it's on page 171, if I remember right. Let's see how good my memory is. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, yeah, it's on 172. Look, it's on 173. Oh, That's where the, your son gets all of the mathematical. You, you, I, have, it. you I have it. Don't know about that. Yeah. I got a memory, but I don't know about that. But I'm telling you, just to prove the point, I know where the chili is. I could find okay. the chili. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that you, 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 in reference back to Scott hunting, you put venison in this. I did. And, and Theodore um, Roosevelt would not eat it without venison. Say that again. Who wouldn't? Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, is that right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no kidding. He had to have venison in his chili. I like that guy. Now, it's these are fighting words I'm about to say. Uh-oh, uh, beans? Not between me. The, it, yeah, in Texas, they don't want the beans. I want the beans. Yeah. I, I believe I in like beans. beans. I'm, I'm pro-bean. Me too. But I'm, I'm also I'm, pro <laughs> lots and lots of meat. So yeah. I'm also pro that. So I have six pounds of meat, I think, in that recipe. 
I'm not really sure. Yeah, there's a you got you have um, you got <laughs> I'm going to tell folks this. You got three pounds of ground beef. Okay. You have three three pounds of that's a lot of meat. It's you got lot. three pounds of of venison stew meat, uh, and you've got in here or the beef chuck, but that's cheating. Use the venison. Go kill something, <laughs> and use that. Then you got then you got the chopped. Yeah, you got the chopped bacon. Which, as far as I'm concerned, you got pig, beef, and deer. That's all the food groups. There you go. And well, and so I. I was looking at this thing and I was like, this looks really good. When you start getting into chili powder and cumin and oregano, I'm like, I'm in. I'm down with this. And then I like that you throw in a little brown sugar. Yes. And you use the uh, the yellow corn muffin mix. I do, but you could uh, so, use so, any cornmeal. I don't it's good though. I think this is great. Then what and, that uh, is it thickens it and it gives it this really good earthy flavor that you yeah. really can't get. Without it, so I, I, you can eat the chili without putting any of that in it, but it's just a little bit, and it's so it it changes it. It's just so good. You uh, and again, another pretty picture. You got yeah. We can probably zoom in on that a little bit, but I mean that's that's the uh, that's the chili there. It looks good. I uh, a beautiful picture of it too, and you got the you know the sweet tea there in the in the mason jar. I only I only drink out of mason jars. I mean that's the true. You go to my cabinet; it's nothing but mason jars yeah, in there, mason jars and mason jars and solo cups. That's all I use. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but you've got Stacy's Stacy Lynn's notes in here and all the kind of stuff. This it's just really it's a cool thing. Now, you know, I go back to um, this idea of Southern hospitality, and your chapter two in here that's what it's called, Southern hospitality. I'm telling you, you like you don't know. Um, but well, it's been a while since it, I wrote it. You know, it takes so long to get these things published. It does. And, and this is, by the way, for those of you listening to the show or watching the show, I think you've got what, three more weeks before it's available to the general yes. public, right? But you, okay. if you pre-order it, you can get, I had, there's a couple of, uh, uh, things that didn't make it in and mm. I wrote a PDF with that. And so you will get a free downloadable PDF, um, if you pre-order it and, you know, pre-orders are pretty awesome. important. So that it yeah. gets, you know, all of the uh, all all the bookstores and stuff pick it up. The bookstores, the ratings, the rankings, all yeah. of that stuff it matters. And and I and listen as a, as a, someone who's uh, who's written himself has written books himself. I always tell people it's important. You know, just like your son running for Congress, um, the grassroots movement is important yes. with things like books because it tells the powers that be out there. Hey, this is, these are our values. We're, we're showing you our values with our dollars. And so that's why it's so important that people invest in voices like yours. Yes. Because it it tells the world says that we still, we're still here. You may tear down our statues and you may hate our culture, but we're still here. You know, we're still a part of this world. So, you know, it's important that folks do that. I want to tell you, though, about our uh, our sponsor, United Patriot Coin. You know, if you follow me on social media at all, United Patriot Coin has been a good friend of mine for a long, long time. Uh, they are who I trust for gold and silver. A lot of a lot of times people in their hard economic times are trying to figure out, you know, this, you know, economic uncertainty that we're living in with all these weird things that are going on in our world. What do you do? Well, I always advise people, you need to have some gold and silver. And I know there are people out there who say, we can't eat gold and silver. Trust me, you need some gold and silver on hand. You need some bullion. You need some coins. You need some stuff you can barter with. There's various things you can use to do that with, but some gold and silver would be a good thing to have on hand. So the folks that I trust, UnitedPatriotCoin.com, 
head over there. You can call him on the phone as well. Talk to Trey on the phone. Tell him Chad sent you, and uh, he'll walk you through all kind of investment opportunities that are out there. So check him out. Um, Southern hospitality. I've always joked about it, you know, because I've traveled all over the world, and I'm all over the country every year. And when I go to the Midwest, when I go to, like, I don't like doing comedy shows in Indiana. I love the people of Indiana, but I give them a hard time. I say, it's hard to do those shows here because you guys don't understand sarcasm. Like, you're so, whatever, whatever is said, like, you take that at face value. Y'all are a bunch of weirdos. And then, you know, then you go up to the Northeast. They don't understand what's coming out of my mouth. Uh, and, And so it's the different parts of the world. It are just so funny, but I've joked about it having spent a lot of time in places like Nigeria, Southeast Asia. I've often said that redneck is everywhere, right? Like yeah. every, we, yeah. every, everybody's got their version of redneck, um, mm-hmm. that duct tape culture, right? But I've joked about Southern hospitality and I've said, you know, we're really nice to you, but we don't mean it. <laughs> we're, we're just, we were just taught to say those things. You know, to be gracious, to be to sound hospitable, the yes, ma'ams. We don't mean any of those thank yous. We're just kidding with you. We're just what, kidding. what is that? You know, what, what is that? A, oh, well, thank you. It might <laughs> yeah, be yeah. yeah. And I always say, you know, to prove the point, I say, how many times has somebody said, bless your heart? <laughs> oh, bless your heart. Or, or, and I have a chapter called um, Southern Women. And the big thing yeah. to me in that is a Southern woman is it, she's as sweet as tea until she's not. And when she's not, right. she's like a lion. I mean, you know, a, yeah. a tiger, whatever, you know, protecting her cubs, whatever. Don't say anything about her children. Um, and, you know, it, it's. It's a different it's a different world out there. But but the the thing that I do in this book with the Southern hospitality, to me, it isn't entertaining. People talk about it being entertaining and and, you you know, Mm -hmm. you invite people over and you have the and and yeah, there's a lot of people that do that. But hospitality is really the the basis of it is hospital and it's taking Mm. care of the needs of the people around you. It's sitting around the table, letting people leave their baggage, physical or mental at the door coming in and getting served food, refreshments, um, you know, drink and a nice conversation, somebody to listen to you, um, somebody to give you feedback. It is like therapy. And that is what, to me, hospitality is all about. And when I had little kids, I would feel real guilty because, you know, you're supposed to be hospitable um, according to scripture. And I'm like, you know, I'm not being very hospitable right now. And I, I don't feel like having a lot of company over. I've got five kids under whatever. And and I had a lady say, you're being hospitable all day long. You are caring for the needs of your children all day long. And that's the truth. I mean, there's different seasons for different types of hospitality. So I hope that I get that across in the book. Yeah, I think you do an excellent job of it. Did you happen to see... The the commercial, the He Gets Us commercial during the Super Bowl about the foot washing. Did you catch that commercial That's at all? Did you it, see it? But I, did, I don't. I, I, tell me about. Tell me more about that. So I'm there was a little bit. There was a little. Yeah. And, and there was a, there was there was some controversy over it because, you know, the, the He Gets Us talking about Jesus, the organization okay. spent for they spent 14 million dollars 
on two different commercials during the Super Bowl. You talk about feeding the hungry. They could have fed a lot of people with that. Uh, but they totally, they totally missed what what the purpose of foot washing was with this commercial. Uh, as we know in John seventeen, you know when Jesus at the at his final supper with his disciples, it says that he took his robe off and he took you know he kind of did what the servant did, right. something that none of them, none of the disciples had done it. I mean, just hours before that, they'd all been arguing about who was going to sit in the place of authority at Jesus' yes. right hand. Yes, and so they were all puffed up with pride of who was the best one. And Jesus said, "Okay, I'm going to show you how my kingdom works. I'm going to." take off the robe and I'm going to take on the, the, you know, the, the servant's role and wash your feet. Peter said, you're not going to wash my feet. He said, well, if I don't wash your feet, then you don't have any part of me. And, and then he said, well, then wash my hands and my head too. And Jesus said, no, you don't need all that. We're just, I'm proving a point that, that the way the kingdom, the way the kingdom works is the servant, the, the one, as you described hospitality, that is the one in the kingdom hierarchy who actually has the greatness. And so Jesus was exa- now this commercial went so far as to basically, in an essence, what it was trying to say through a series of images is that the you don't you know you you it's it's the power people of our culture need to be taking care of washing the feet and serving oh. the marginalized people out there, but there's no call for repentance. There was no call. So you know you've got an image of a of a priest washing. Uh, the feet of a of a clearly homosexual transvestite in in this thing, and so in essence, it was saying Jesus understands you how you are, but He doesn't expect you to change. Okay, okay. so that was the controversy around okay. the commercial. Um, and so, but but you talk about that. that that's why I bring it up because the the, the foot washing and, and just the servant mentality in the kingdom of God is something that I think is what we mean when we talk about hospitality and service and 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 that's kind of largely lost. Everybody wants to, you know, the thing that I think is beautiful about what you do, Stacy Lynn, is you you remind us that that these things that we should value, that they're not dead yet. They're still there. You know, we live in a DoorDash generation, yes. a microwave generation. Yeah. Everything is for instant gratification, you know, fast food. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's the love in that, right? There's not. Right. I, I don't want to, I know that if I go through a McDonald's drive-thru, the person handed me the sack outside of that window, they did not prepare that with love. Yeah. They, they didn't They didn't put thought into that. They just slapped some form of meat on a bun and squirted some Thousand Island dressing on it and threw another bun on top of it. And that was it. Um, and, and, you know, so what you what you did here is you definitely got that across. And uh, you said and this said it says um, you got you got the Southerners arsenal in here, yes. which is, as you said, it's an array of resources available for certain purposes. You said the Southern pantry refrigerator and freezer are always full of resources, sweet tea, icebox, cookies, cakes, casseroles ready for the purpose of at the top of a hat, gracious hospitality. The Southern Arsenal is consistently evaluated, improved upon, and truly central to the Southern home. Man, that's a lost thing, huh? I mean, that people yes. don't really think about that anymore, do they? And it's not really all that difficult to do. And you will have people at some point stop by. 
And, you know, you, <laughs> you know, not that you, you know, have to have something for them because you don't, but it is always nice to be able to go get out of the freezer some chocolate chip cookies and slice them like slice and bake and put them and you could just do the slice and bake. I mean, that's that's still fine. But these are yeah. really special because they have pretzels in them and Heath Bar. But anyway, <laughs> but you um, but you put them on to your, you know, the sheet pan in 10 minutes. You've got what you need and you always have tea. That's just the thing. So, yeah. um, you know, so that's that's always there. But just to be able to be kind of a little prepared, you know, and my dad was a Marine. So, you know, he, they're always prepared. But and yeah. you, you know, you you just do that. But in I think it, within that area, I talk about also, which is kind of a funny story. But the side door um, friends and I personally at our home, I like my front door. My side door is always a mess. I have trash. Like um, you know, I've put my if if it's raining, I'll put my trash bag outside, just right outside the door. There's no telling what people are going to find when they come to my side door, and inevitably they drive around back to get to my side door. And I'm thinking, but, but I've started to realize those people feel like that, that they are my side door friends and that I should yeah. be very thankful and happy that they're seeing my trash and all my ugliness and that they still love me anyway. And that's just part of being genuine. And that is what I'm trying to do in this book is be genuine, but give people really great stuff. So, I love it. you know, yeah, I love it. I, you know, and that's there's two there's two things that remind this reminds me of. You know, there's two symbols. If if you're reading scripture, there's two places where God really interacted with His people. One was on a mountain, and another was around a table. Uh, both were places of of sort of covenant making, and the idea of sitting with your family now at a table. We don't do that anymore, do we? I I, I mean. I know people that don't have a single table in their house. Uh, it, 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 I mean, and I know that life is busy. Life is busy. But, man, isn't it great to sit around the table with people? Yeah. Yeah. People people don't. I mean, just to be able to look at them face to face. and Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing how people do not spend any time with their families at the table. And one of the things about homeschooling um, – you know, we always would try, we would forget from time to time, but to share one event or one thing we learned, you know, in the day that we don't think anybody else would know. And by the end of the year, you have 365 new facts. And so, so much is shared at the table. Um, you know, like anybody that had a problem or something that they were dealing with. And so you learn about life at the table and people yeah. don't have that anymore. And so you, you, there's none of this intergenerational um, relationships. And it's always like everybody's segregated into here's the adults, here's the children, um, you know, here's the elderly adults, you know, here's the, it, it, everybody has these categories and nobody can learn from each other and know what society, what's actually happening in society. Our elementary kids have a lot to say and they, have a lot, they know about the culture more than we do, maybe sometimes. Not, I guess, maybe not if they're homeschool, but if they're in school. And you need <laughs> to hear about what's happening so that you can, you you know, you can relate to your children. Because then by the time they're well, you know, junior high, you don't know them anymore. 
That's true, and and they're trying not to know you, and that's that's hard. I, it, I, I that reminds me that they've done studies about why, you know, like our founding fathers were young men. They they were yeah, in their early twenties, most of them. You know, they're very young, and they've done studies as to why sociologically these men were so so smart and brilliant, such incredible statesmen. And they said, you know, men like George Washington and Benjamin Franklin spent the majority of their childhood around the adults in their life. Yes. And that's and that's one of the things that gave them the perspective that it did. Um and and when you sit around that table, you know, now we got the kitty table over here. And, yeah. And, and and I get it adults need their time too. I, I'm not saying that. But you know, the that ability to sit there face to face and interact, that's one of the things that the ancient Jews used to do is when the family was going to make a decision they would get the input from the entire family, and they would always start with the youngest child first to get their opinion. And the reason they wanted the youngest is because they knew if the oldest went first, the younger ones would usually take the opinion of the older one because they that's, looked up to that's them. Interesting. And so it's it's to have that place of comfort and that and that system in place in your home. And that's another thing, you know, when you have the table when when when. When God talks about you know the table, you know the Lord sat down with His disciples at the Last Supper. Um, there's various examples throughout the Scripture That's true. that whenever people whenever people are face to face, like the Ark of the Covenant had on top of it had two angels face to face, and the glory of God would settle between those two faces. Mm-hmm. There's something that happens when when face to face, like a husband and wife. When a husband and wife are face to face, there's a covenant that's happening there. There's a glory that comes between them. I think that happens around the table. I, I think that happens when you're sharing a meal. I, I think it's a, with your family, I think it's a, a covenant thing. And and we're in such a rush these days that we, you know, we just lose all of that stuff. So I, I think this, this is more than fried chicken. This is the yes. glory of God we're talking about, Stacy. And the tradition, you know, a lot of times I, I, I haven't always been like, um, you know, do we have to do this? Because, I mean, just because they've always done it in the past doesn't mean we have to do it. But there's yeah. something to be said about tradition and going to your grandparents' house at, on Sundays. You kind of, you know, that's a standing thing. You know, you're going to see yeah. all of your people then. And that's the place that you can be um, free to be you, to say what you want to say, to um, bounce ideas off of people. It's almost like a therapy session that you can count on. And I think that I think it's important to keep those traditions, no matter how, you know, maybe, you know, you might not feel good that day or whatever, but to try to keep those traditions. And I, I didn't feel that way necessarily several years ago, but now I have a grandbaby and I see the importance (laughs) of, (laughs) I'm seeing my grandbaby, um, but I see the importance of having all of the uh, the kids here all, you know, together um, to maintain their relationships with each other, because you never know when you're going to need some counsel. You know, you might not yeah. for a year, but at some point you might and you need to keep the relationships, you know, nice and close. Right. And that's a place yeah. to do it. I, I, I want to bring up one thing before I let you go. And and it's been so good to catch up with you. I enjoy this so much. Um, I want to be one of those side door friends. I want to be one of those people that just stop by, as you I said, just that. people that stop by. I want you to make cookies. Uh, <laughs> I want to come hang out with you and Scott. I want to go hunting with Scott and okay, see what we can kill. love that. Love it. That's funny. I, um, I, Love it. And, and somebody asked me the other day, 
Uh, I guess it's been about a week ago. Somebody walked up to me and they said, are you familiar with a thing called Alabama white sauce? Yeah. And I said, boy, stop. <laughs> I said, what am I familiar with it? I said, it's, it's a religion. It's in the book. And uh, you got it in here. And I'm anxious to try this Alabama white sauce. I, 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 I've never tried to make it myself. It's so easy. Um, You're going to love it. I just knew other people who had it, so I always went with that. Uh, but I've never, I've never, uh, it's page 189. I looked in the index. I cheated on that one. I couldn't remember that one. I thought it's I had a so dog ear. Yeah, and oh my gosh, getting that picture. Oh, it was the mm. hottest July day. It was actually, <laughs> it was July the 31st because it was my daughter's birthday. It was so hot. And Scott helped me to get those pictures. And we, and I had the whole family, my daughter-in-law, she was out there making, um, you know, making stuff. And, and we were, we, we did the lane cake that day. We did um, the, the watermelon tea that day. And so yeah. it was, it, that was some kind of day, but we smoked those ribs. Or is that? Yeah. Uh, this, um, this was the yeah. chicken. You did the smoked chicken. It looks delicious. Smoked chicken. Uh, you know, I've always said that a chicken is just a rat with a good reputation because because they're such nasty creatures. But I love chicken. I, I mean, I I grew I grew up with chickens. I used to clean chickens. Um, I used to work at a chicken place. Oh, I love that's chickens. Why you, why you know what you know? I know about chickens, and yeah. so. Um, I, I make a pretty good chicken myself in different ways. You, the very first recipe in this book is fried chicken, yeah. which I'll confess I'm I'm good at certain ways of doing chicken. I am not great at fried chicken. I just have never been good at it. Um, so I'm gonna need you to teach me. Yeah, yeah I, I'm gonna have to try it. Yeah, um, and and you know, there's some really great cakes in there. All of the great Southern cakes and a carrot cake. There's there's you know a lane cake. Um, and oh, in the, the very last chapter is uh, banana pudding, something to fight about in the South. And it is, it's a big, a big problem. Yeah. Do you like meringue? I have to ask you this. Do you like meringue or do you like um, whipped cream for your, it's, uh, uh, I like meringue. I, I like meringue better than, uh, than whipped cream. Uh, I'm not, I'm not opposed to either one of them, but okay. I'm not a huge whipped cream person. You know, if somebody whips the cream, I don't like the Cool Whip stuff. I don't care for that. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a big difference, I think, in that. Yes, yes. So, um, which which I, do you prefer? Well, I, my husband and I disagree on this greatly, and he thinks I'm completely wrong. But I like um, the whipped cream. He there, he's a big meringue person, and so yeah. we, we we you know we have it's about half and half. We've had very long discussions at the table about this. So, and why would be better than the other? And we're big. Well, I had a, our critique. We, we are food critics for sure. So, um, I, uh, I had a, uh, and that's a beautiful banana pudding. It really is. That is too pretty to eat. Um, I had a English teacher in high school who used to tell a joke about meringue. She said, uh, how is, how is my left hand like a lemon pie? She said, cause it has meringue on it. So instead of my ring, it was a good Southern, yeah. got my ring on it. I tried it one um, time to get rid of my accent, 
and um, like yeah. you, know, you, you, you're doing how you've done. And it was not a pretty sight. I tried it for <laughs> one day and I was talking slow and ridiculous, trying to change my accent. I'm like, I can't do this. This is, this is it. No. This is me. This is, this is what you get. <laughs> Don't you ever try to change it. It is ingrained in your DNA and it is lovely. Don't you ever try to change it. Um, Stacy Lynn, I'm proud of you. I'm proud to call you my friend, and I'm thankful for you. You got some great endorsements on the book as well. Uh, my buddy Craig Morgan has yep. a sweet endorsement on the back of it, and um, it's just it's just really really cool. I mean, th- thank you first of all for sending me the book and and staying connected the way you have over the years, and I just really appreciate you so much and. What's the best way for people to get – well, I know follow you on the well, socials. Stacy Lynn Harris, as I said, Lynn only has one N. Yeah, follow follow Stacy Lynn Harris on all the socials and, and get the book. It's going to come out. You can pre-order it now. It is uh, Love Language of the South, and I, I don't know how you guys stay so skinny. I really don't. Um, I, gained, I gained six pounds looking at this book, just reading through it, so – uh, a celebration of the food and hosp- the hospitality and the stories of my southern home. I appreciate you, Stacy Lynn Harris. Thank you, girl. I love you so much. Give my love to Scott, all the kids, and praying for you every day. Thank, Thank you, you so you much too. for coming on the show. Great. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thank you. All right, guys. I want to encourage you. Please go to where podcasts are offered. Leave us a rating and review, and uh, pick up Stacy Lynn's book. You're going to love it. And go back, go back in several books. You're going to want to get all of her of her books. Um, They're all just as beautiful as this one. So make sure you grab them. And uh, don't forget, I'm out on the road. I will be in Coleman, Texas this weekend. I'm in Cushing, Oklahoma next week. We just added shows in Illinois, Indiana, and Iowa. So stay tuned at watchchad.com. It's where all the fun stuff is. Lots of stuff that's happening out there. And um, just know that we appreciate you. Thank you for watching. I love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.